Welcome to Career Combat with your host, Kelly Combat. Get ready to learn how to navigate the career battlefield and achieve a flawless victory. Now, here is Kelly. Well, welcome, welcome, and welcome again. This is Career Combat, and my name is Kelly Combat. Uh, This is episode number 14, so welcome again. Uh, If you've never listened to us before, I'll let you know how it goes. This is exactly where you need to be when you want to hear about all things careers. And when you think about careers, careers are all about empowering yourself. Empowering yourself because it's not just the J-O-B. It's not just, you know, focusing on one particular kind of job. We talk about all kinds of jobs and all kinds of empowerment. It doesn't really matter what kind of industry you're interested in. Sometimes we have a topic that we laser focus in on, and sometimes we have the most magnanimous guests, right? And so let me tell you a little story, all right? So I met this woman months ago. The sun was just shining really bright. In fact, it was burning my skin, which never, which never seems to happen. And when I met her, we were at this, you know, just having this coffee chat like we're doing today on this show. The bees were flying around. I was basically losing it because I'm afraid of bees. And it was like this 30 mile an hour wind that was happening. But all of these things that were happening didn't matter because I was having this lovely conversation with my guest that I have the pleasure of introducing you to today. Her name, everyone, is Kara Hodis Wexler. Kara is the kind of person that when you meet her, you're just attracted to all the things that she's saying because she doesn't beat around the bush. She goes straight to the point. She's all about empowering, empowering women, empowering her, all the things. She's a coach. She's a group coach. She's a facilitator, a pharma executive from the past. Kara Hodis Wexler, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my show. Well, thank you, Kelly. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I think fondly of that first coffee and all of our coffees after that. Yeah. Um, and, um, And it's great to be here. It's great to be here today for another chat. Exactly, exactly. Let's just keep the chats going. And, you know, it it was so funny when you sent me your materials for the promo for this show, for this episode, and you had this uh, headshot with you with a cup. And I thought it was so apropos. Uh, I thought it was so apropos because I was like, oh, yeah, coffee chat. Kara's got her cup. What a perfect picture. So when I was thinking about that cup, my first question, and again, if you're new to us, the questions are real, folks. They're live. There's no, there's no prep in advance. So Kara doesn't know what I'm about to ask her. But it's a simple question. What, speaking of the cup, what is your favorite fall beverage? Ah, I, uh, you know what? I'm a coffee girl. And I just kind of change the temperature as the seasons go through. Nice. Um, yeah, anybody who knows me knows that I probably don't do too much in the morning without having that cup of coffee. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. And I'm sure all of you who are listening, you have your mug of something, whatever it is. No, no judgment here. Uh, so my next question, Kara, is 
just if you could give us that 10,000 foot view of your career journey. Yeah. So um, I trained, I mean, I came out of college um, with a degree in chemistry and a degree in pharmacy, um, always thinking that I would go into the pharmaceutical industry. Okay. Um, and so at the time, which is kind of interesting now, at the time, pharma was Jersey, right? And I was a Jersey girl. So come back home from Boston where I was in school. Um, and I did. And my first position was in actual clinical supply manufacturing. So as I was thinking back, knowing that you were going to take me down the journey train on um, my career, um, I was thinking back to that time. And it was a time in business where even though I was in manufacturing, if you mm. were a professional, you had to dress in a suit. Oh, if, boy. If you were a line person, you got to wear more practical clothes for what you were about to do. So, yes. so, and then you, you know, as a female in that arena, um, you got to wear the suit and the pantyhose and everything else. <laughs> right. Um, and there wasn't very many of us um, that way. And yes, I had to come in and take off my pretty shoes and put on my steel tip shoes and put on my hairnet and put on my lab coat and everything else to go and make clinical supplies. Um, I went through pantyhose like nobody goes through pantyhose. It was a daily thing. <laughs> but nobody really understood. It was just like you were a professional. You needed to um, look that look that way. Um, after that, I moved in the pharmaceutical industry into an area of um, regulatory affairs, which really help people. You really help the organization develop new therapeutics as well as working with the health authorities to make sure that what we're doing is going to allow for um, a new product for, for the world to use. Um, and what's interesting is when I started, that area of the business was very female dominated. Right? Really? It was weird to have, or odd, you know, it was the odd man out to have a male. And I remember groups that I was in, there was one, one person, you know, and that type of thing. But when you looked at leadership, it was still an area that was more male dominated. And the higher in leadership that you went, the more male, male dominated that it, um, it became. So I worked for 30 years in that area in one space or another. Um, I always liked focusing on chronic therapies because for me, it was always about how do I make somebody's life better? Nice. Right. How do I make somebody's everyday life better? So if somebody had rheumatoid arthritis or whatever, how do I make them really be able to live into their life as best they can? Yes. Um, and I moved into various companies. I worked mostly for large organizations. And then I, I worked for some small entrepreneur um, organizations as well. And what continued to dominate was that it was a rare female leader. Um, there wasn't a lot of 
a lot of people to look at and say, oh yeah, I could, I could see myself going there. I mean, mentorship for me, there wasn't really mentors. Um, so Kara, what, what kind of an impact did that make on you in those years? What, how did it affect you mentally, spiritually? Well, I think, you know, as things get more stressful, as things get more um, complicated, right? Our lives get more complicated as we get older, right? Um, it There was nobody to really hold the hand of, partner with, to help kind of drive, you know, a lot of the mindset was, you know, you just had this upward trajectory, you know, type of thing. Um, I never saw my, you know, I always saw my career as something as an important part of my life, okay. but not my total life. Right. Right. And, and, and when I hear that, that just like the bells, <laughs> the bells are ringing and the, the, the heavens are opening up because it, it's so true. Many times we tend to think of our careers as uh, who we are in, in, in its entirety. And that's really, folks, it's really not true. At the end of the day, we are whole beings and we have so much more to offer than just our careers. Now, of course, yes, this show is all about careers and empowerment and such, but we talk about a variety of things within the careers because it is one slice of who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so thank you for, for bringing that up. And you know, you talked about the fact that early on, you didn't see a lot of people who looked like you. And so I, I'm, I'm wondering, who was a person who you looked up to early on in your career? You know, I've always been self-motivated and self-driven. Okay. So for me, it was asking a lot of times of like, what do I want? And then really deciphering through conversations with people and through gathering of information, um, how do I get there, right? Am I, am I now ready to, to get there or do I need some more knowledge? Do I need some more skills? Do I need to stay in place and just grow for a little while? I was very um, blessed by having people that, I could talk to. Good. And whether that was inside the organizations or outside of the organizations, and I'm very blessed with friends, some of them who are as direct and cut as me, who when I start <laughs> getting when I when I start getting stuck in my whirly twirly head, they'll just be like, really? You know, and, and that and that brings me home um yeah. to because we all do it right we all we i mean i'm i'm analytical in nature so i can analyze and especially add some emotion in there and now i can be analytically emoting <laughs> so yeah that's how i really did it um for me most of the opportunities i moved to was because I wanted to, there were a couple was because I couldn't work here anymore. Nice. But 
but most were because I wanted to either grow my breadth of experience or the opportunity just seemed like something unique. I mean, I, I was able to join an organization when they were growing a global part of the organization on the front end. To me, that was cool. I, you know, I could be part of the development of the forethought of that. Um, I joined an, another organization when they were very small and I could be part of the growing of it, really almost establishment of it and what and what it became and what it is now. Um, so for me, it was always like, is it interesting? Is it, mm -hmm. is it you know, will it, it wasn't always about certainty. It was about interest. And even when I moved from the lab to um, to my, you know, more of an internal corporate, you know, outside of the lab into, into an internal corporate position in regulatory affairs, I remember the interview and the woman was like, you know, talking to me and I, I didn't know nothing. I, you know, I, didn't know, <laughs> you know, I just knew I had done a little bit of this, but this seemed really cool. And I remember in the interview saying to her, you know, I have nothing in experience to really offer you, except for the experience that I just had, right? I, you know, that, that perspective, but is directly this type of thing, but I want this position and I will work hard to learn to that and 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 just left it there at the end of the interview because it was very uncommon in that organization for them to hire from the outside okay and because they were it was a great organization as far as developing internally and i i remember saying to her just give me a chance which was probably bold at that age um but it that's all I needed, right? I just needed you to give me that chance and I'll deliver my best to the position. And I love that story because you put it all out there on the table. Uh, you're going to work hard. It's almost like from her perspective, I'm hearing like hire for attitude and train for skills. So if, you know, you only had that one experience that was right prior to that role. And you said, I'm, I'm going to work hard. Like, that's not even a question. The tenacity and fortitude is absolutely there. And I'm hearing a common denominator, Kara, about interest. And is this interesting to me? Is this something that I'm going to actually enjoy? Is it something that's going to be a challenge? And we, the two of us may have had very different backgrounds uh, in terms of careers, but there's always a common denominator for me as well. Uh, my common denominator is definitely, is it interesting? I feel like if it scares me, then I'm in. <laughs> and, and, and to your point about certainty, I, I can't tell you how many times I was going for a role and people thought I was just, what, why? There's such a risk with that one. Um, I'm not sure about that company. And I said, well, you know, that's fine. That's well and good. Thank you for your input. Uh, however, I'm still going to go for it because I'd rather say that I did than that I didn't. Absolutely. I mean, for me too, like going in every day and knowing that every day was going to be the same 
would probably have put me to sleep. <laughs> right. right. I, I, I needed that, that, um, that I don't know, right. That, that today's gonna, stuff's gonna happen and you're going to deal with it. And I'm okay with uh, some things being consistent, like my my uh, fall beverage in the morning, or, exactly. or 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 watching Golden Girls at night. Like <laughs> there's certain there's certain things that I do like to be consistent. Uh, however, I do like uh, every day being different. That's why I chose HR for so many years. That's why I'm a DEI executive. That's why I'm a coach because every single day is different, and uh, I can't predict it. I really can't. And and that feeling of that, I don't know, that uneasiness, the the butterflies in your stomach, that's that that's gold to me. That's absolute gold. Yeah, yeah. It it means that something there is exciting and and new and maybe a little maybe a little scary, but it's okay. And on a scale of one to ten. How scary have your roles been that you've taken on, on average? How scary have they been? I don't know they've been scary. I think they've been undefined. Nice. Right? So, so, you know, you know, when I, there was one role that I came in for one, one role that was very well defined, but then another part of the organization shifted. And within a week, I had a different role. Oh, sure. You know, I was like, okay, just give me that too. And that kind of makes more sense, right? And so we did that. I had one that had a one line, I took a job that had a one line job description and I had no idea what was, no idea what was really coming. All I knew is that there were chronic therapies coming for development and they needed somebody to head that up. Oh, wow. Uh, And, but it was, you know, a lot of these were opportunity. And, and it was, it was almost like, what's, what's the worst that can happen, right? You can be unhappy and then you can leave or you can be unhappy and you can take the power in your own hands to ask for some change. Um, But it's not finite. Mm. Talk about dropping diamonds. <laughs> You're just dropping all kinds of gems all around. And we have been talking with Kara Hodes Wexler and enjoying her conversation on this beautiful fall day. We're about to take a break in the next few moments. When we come back, we will be right back with Kara and speaking more about her career. Thanks for listening. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. When there is a war on talent, you have to go to combat. What is career combat? Career combat is your destination for real career talk and real career advice. Here, you'll hear from the brightest and best in the business to get the answers that you've been craving. How do I get the job? How do I switch careers? How do I start my own business? How do I find my career passion? How do I find a great coach? This show is designed around you. Your questions answered live. The topics created by you. What are you waiting for? Check out Career Combat wherever you get your podcasts.
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Career Combat with Kelly Combat. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Career Combat. I'm your host, Kelly Combat, and we've been speaking with Kara Hodes-Wexler and you know, before the break, there were so many gems that Kara was dropping, uh, all, all things about her career and things that she's learned along the way. And the beautiful thing about this show is you take the nuggets wherever you can get them. Sometimes you may not identify with the the backgrounds of our guests and such. The The common denominator, folks, I think, is the fact that we all have this intersectionality where at the bare bones basis of it all, we have a lot in common. And there are some things that you can walk away from listening to the show and go, you know what, that's me too. Even though you may not think it, you're like, wow, I feel validated. And speaking of validation, you can always, 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 always provide us feedback, how we're doing, how we're growing, what you want us to talk about, because this show is designed around you. So welcome back, Kara. We've got some more questions to talk about. So thank you for still being and hanging with us. So my next question has to do with challenges. When you think back, uh, you know, before the break, we were talking about uh, the industries that you've been in. What do you think is the most challenging aspect of working in the industries you've been in? I want to say really you know, we talk about it all the time. We talk about work-life integration all the time, right? You see it in different places. But the reality is the industry is a very intense, it is a very work-heavy industry. So the expectations for what you put into your position, your role, is high. Mm. And for somebody that is ambitious, for somebody that takes their career seriously, 
they can easily put aside all of the other things, right? And so, and typically what happens is, you know, most, and I'm going to speak for women for sure, most women have another thing when they get home, right? Whether, I mean, because we see caregiving still typically falls on on women. So how do you put that in? And then where are you? And, and I've heard so many women that are ambitious are that, you know, almost saying like, it's okay not for me to be okay because I'm on like, I'm on the list number 25 Wow. Um, or, or whatever. And so to me, it was really um, being able to have a position, have a, a, a career that satisfied that piece of me. But also I've been a caregiver most of my life in one fashion or another. So I, and so from early twenties, I mean, I used to make meals for my grandfather and bring them over and have, and he would freeze them and he would eat them during the week. Um, It was another responsibility. And, you know, at that time, you know, nobody really even kind of knew that nobody there was none of this whole person thought or this human leadership that people are talking about now. It's like when you were there to do your job, you were there to do your job. Um, and then yourself, right? And and is there any even time left to do that? Um, and so that I think was the most challenging for me was learning how to bring myself to my own life table and say, you know what, you need, you need the same nurturing to yourself that you give to everybody else, right? Or support, right? So in the workplace, how did I support people? How did I inspire people at home? How did I nurture people? How did, how was I caring for people? And then, you know, what was I doing for me? And and I'll recall one time when, you know, my body was starting to talk. Like it was beyond the brain. It was in the body. I had pain going down my arm into my pinky. Oh, boy. And, and you know, it was that mindset of, you know, you can work through it. You're, mm. you're, you're strong enough. You can work through it. Well, the tension had gotten so much that I actually twisted my spine because the muscles were so tight. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, it's a matter. I think these lessons of you can't put yourself last all the time. And I'm not talking about, you know, must do 30 minutes in the gym every day. You know what? Must get out and breathe some air. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, maybe must have that hot cup of coffee in the morning while everybody else is sleeping. You can tell this is my love area while everybody else is sleeping and just have the quiet of everything. No phone, no that. And that just me and my hot Joe. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, You know, and so learning how to build some of that in, Um, I was sharing with somebody the other day that there were times when I worked, it might be a slow time in the afternoon and there was a park nearby. I would get in my car and drive to the park and sit there for 15 minutes and come back. Nobody knew. Oh, that's a great idea. It could be the same thing as going to the bathroom for 15 minutes. 
but it was just get away from the noise, get away from the, the, the asking and the needing and the serving and everything to just go outside and sit in my car and watch a tree move. Um, so that's what I had to learn because I was, especially at one point in my career, I was very, very focused on my career. I had an awesome opportunity and I, and I wanted to make it happen. Um, but you have to bring yourself along too. Exactly that. Exactly that. And, you know, to your point, um, I'm, I'm wondering about the evolution of the industry, what you saw back then, the uh, the examples that you gave with the pantyhose and the heels and all all the things. I'm sure that the industry has evolved uh, quite a bit. So could you illuminate on which ways you think that things have gotten better in, in, in pharma or in research? Yeah, I think there are organizations where people have had to adapt, especially, you know, COVID had an impact of making people see the whole person, making people be flexible. And for many leaders, it was super uncomfortable. Um, they didn't know how to lead that way. They, they led by checks and balances, right? So what I'm hoping is that that shifts, right? And that we do see, I mean, now now we see names for the way I led. So I, I always laugh. I love, maybe I'm just a little ahead of my time sometimes. But, you know, now you see words like human leadership, heart-centered leadership. Yes. Um, things like that. And and I'm I do hear more conversations in some organizations wanting to learn that. They don't, but I do also believe, I do believe that people don't know how to do it. People don't know what that means. And there is a discomfort. You know, there is a, a discomfort in, oh my God, I might need to deal with an emotion. Um, because, you know, that old saying, you know, you leave your work, you bring your work to work and you leave your personal stuff at home. And I always used to say, if somebody in my team has a sick child, there is no way they're leaving that at home. No, there's no way they're bringing with it in worry in mind. So how do I make that day? As, as productive for the organization, but also acknowledging that people will help people, right? And, and so, you know, how, if, how can we help each other? Because if you have an organization and you have it for a long period of time, you know, you are a family in a way. Um, and so how do you help each other along the way? I do think, you know, the industry is still very male dominated um, in leadership roles. We are seeing more women um, in leadership roles. Um, and it is also still a very traditionalistic industry. Okay. So it's probably slower shifting than some other fields. Um, you know, that being said, I had flex time in a lot of my organizations on the HR paperwork. 
right? I would yes. say it's our paperwork. Did anybody ever really use it? Did anybody even know what to do with it? Did anybody mm. ever um, really sit within the structure of core hours um, of when you were supposed to set up meetings and things like that? I mean, none of that was ever respected in that sense. I mean, it was there. So, you know, um, it's what's in paper versus what's in practice. And that comes top down. It really does. It really does. And what ends up happening, it, it definitely starts from the top. And it, at the end of the day, we we learn how to set our own boundaries, but we're sponges. We soak it up from what we are observing from upper management, from upper leadership. And so it, it gets me thinking about over time, what have you learned about setting boundaries in your career? Absolutely. Um, you it, you have to set your own boundaries. Nobody is going to set that for you. And you have to be clear with what, how you want to function. Now, granted, if you have a higher level position, you it's, it's easier being done with people who report to you, right? But also sometimes you have to talk with those that were, that are, you know, above you about what what your expectation in is as well, and is that okay? So I remember having a conversation with a boss of mine saying, "I don't carry my work phone around with me on buzz all weekend if we're in a routine situation." I mean, obviously, if it was a a hot time of the business, I might do that, but routinely. I do not. I don't keep it on on you know on with a notification and a bus. You have my home phone. You have my um, personal cell phone. You have my business cell phone. Call me if there is a fire. And you know, don't send me that email because I may or may not see it in the time frame that you know may be appropriate. So just saying that, you know, this is how I work. You have ways to get to me. And if you could do that, I don't think that's cumbersome. I did the same thing with my direct reports. I used to say to them, you can email and, and do things at, at what time works for you, right? And And do things, but I'm not sitting here all the time. And if there is really something urgent, call me. And it, it it forces us to really say, is this urgent or important, right? Um, because it's really the rarity that's urgent. It really is a rarity that's urgent. It, yeah. it forces us, I love the way you put it into buckets. It forces us to be able to say, is this really constituting an emergency? Because I really don't need to keep pinging and calling and 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 I'm glad that things have gotten better in most industries. Uh, and I have to definitely agree with you that, you know, we weren't ready globally for COVID. We really weren't. Some companies were uh, and some countries were. And I think that there was a quantum shift in uh, how, how, you know, people were thinking about what truly is a, a culture at work. Many times 
I think before the pandemic, there were a lot of companies who thought that the culture is what I see. I have to see you. It's what I see. It's what I uh, what I'm actually physically seeing from you. And we know that the world was going to remote work, that a lot more remote hires were happening. And in all industries, what we couldn't even fathom, it ended up happening where now you have doctors that are doing virtual visits. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the things, everything is shifting. And I always say tongue in cheek and in, in a joking way, shift happens, shift I said exactly. happens, <laughs> but it's true because that's the one constant that we know is going to happen. Yeah. And I think, I think what got harder for people in leadership roles was you still had to inspire. You yes. still had to build a team or a group. And now I had to learn how to do that with everybody not sitting in the same room mm -hmm. and, and align people, right, to the same goal. How do I do that in this different way? I mean, you know, it used to be the all hands meeting where everybody goes in a room and I just talk at you for four hours, you know, that was always a motivating thing too but um she says but, facetiously exactly. <laughs> um you know um but you know how do i um how do i how do i bring a group together how do i have that cohesiveness that inspiration that vision when everybody's in another place and um you know just get just getting used to you know you are now in a team and it may be on the screen yeah yeah. So, so give attention to that screen. And give attention to the fact that it's not a one size fits all approach anymore. It, it probably should have never been that way. But now we're forced to make sure that we're uh, adhering to people's energy preferences. The fact that some of us are at home, it's hybrid. Certain days people are at home, certain days people are in the office. And they may have a communication style preference. They may be off video uh, and using the chat. I mean, so many things, so many things indeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's the thing that we have to remember. It's going to, things are going to change and shift is going to happen. Yep. So we've been talking with Kara Hodes-Wexler and we're about to take a break, folks. Friends, if you stay tuned, grab a snack, come on back in just a couple of minutes and we'll be back with Kara. Thank you for joining. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. When there is a war on talent, you have to go to combat. What is career combat? Career combat is your destination for real career talk and real career advice. Here, you'll hear from the brightest and best in the business to get the answers that you've been craving. How do I get the job? How do I switch careers? How do I start my own business? How do I find my career passion? How do I find a great coach? This show is designed around you. Your questions answered live. The topics created by you. What are you waiting for? Check out Career Combat wherever you get your podcasts. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Men are currently in a mental health crisis. Suicide, addiction, and loneliness are on the rise. Men need mentorship, community, and guidance. On the Men's Therapy Podcast with Mark Azulay, you'll hear from experts on topics that men care about the most. Financial health, relationships, fitness, emotional management, and lifestyle design. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Career Combat with Kelly Combat. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Welcome, welcome back. We are still talking with Kara Hodis Wexler. And, you know, there's been such great conversations so far and that talk continues, everyone. Uh, the first thing that I was thinking about, Kara, when we were coming back is the fact that you've had so many different kinds of roles in your life. Um, that's such a, a common denominator on this show that people are holding space for multiple streams of revenue, all kinds of things. And I was thinking about your being a coach. And it got me thinking, I wonder what the catalyst was for you to become a coach. So that's my question. What was it in coaching that drew you to it? Well, I was at a point in my career where I knew what I had come in to do was going to come to fruition. So it was really a moment for me to say, so what's next? Mm. And did I want to continue in that industry or did I want to do something else? I had developed people. I had been a mentor for others. I was part of formal mentoring programs. I was informally mentoring people. And what I always loved doing is really helping people find and create for themselves, I think, things that would be fulfilling, especially, you know, in the workplace, it was for the career, but what would really be fulfilling for you and how did you get there? And at the time, um, and I also knew, and I also knew that the concept of well-being at work was, again, more of a verbal thing, right? But in practice, it wasn't really there. True. And so I was, I mean, and there was plenty of things. There were books like, you know, the way we're working isn't working. There was all these things, but it was just like not happening. 
So I had the opportunity to hear um, the woman who was heading up Duke Integrative Medicine's um, Integrative Health Coach Program, which was really young. I mean, I was in their eighth cohort um, at the time. And what I loved about it is she talked about this field of coaching that would bring um, well-being and wellness and health to the conversation, to the forefront. Nice. And I was total. I, I have been and continue to be inspired by this by this person. Um, and so I, you know, it was one of my moments where I was like, "Wow, I can get the discount if I apply by midnight." <laughs> yeah, and, you know, just get online and do this thing. I'm like, "Oh, I haven't done an online application in God knows how long." Um, and I remember, I remember calling my friend's, um, daughter and put her on standby in case I needed an IT consultant. And I just went off cause I had to write an essay and, yes. you know, and I'm doing all this and I applied and it literally was a moment of saying, I have no idea I'm going to do this if I get in, but I'll figure it out later. And, um, and I did get in and I was thrilled. And so I went through that, um, I went through that coursework and after, and and then I didn't get certified through Duke because they had a two-part program at the time. I didn't get certified until almost seven years later. Okay. I, I knew that I could not do the requirements while I was leading this organization and trying to achieve the goal that I had come into the organization to do. So I did the first part. I was doing a little bit of coaching, but again, doing coaching primarily with just a couple of people doing group things in women's conferences and that primarily because, you know, the last thing you need is a overwhelmed, burnt out coach. Right. So how did I bring how did I bring that into my blend in a way that still allowed me to do what I wanted to do at that point? Um, when I when I left um, the organization, I went right back. I mean, I think I was four days behind in my curriculum by the time I uh, I, I left um, I left pharma because there was four days. So you know, don't leave me any breathing room. You know, that would be a little bit much for me. So <laughs> I um, so and I went back and I got certified through Duke and and then I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? And I have had multiple focuses of where I was going to bring this. But what I realized in the end is that I'm a leader. Um, I, I am a leader and I'm also really focused on, on well-being. So how did I blend that? Well, you can really blend that, not only teaching leaders to be better leaders and bringing that whole person approach forward, but also helping people to be better self leaders. So it's the same, it's the same, you know, it's the same skills. Yes. How do you you turn that inward? And that's really where I have ended up focusing my business. And a lot of this is about, you asked me earlier today about who did I look up to? Who did I that? And I'm like, I really want to be that partner. And maybe even more so for early career professional women 
that partner to help them figure it all out for themselves, to go with the flow of what life brings you. Love it. Go with what's important to you, but to also make sure that you bring yourself and your own well-being to that picture. And, you know, and, and to be able to nurture yourself and live authentically and also achieve your personal goals, your career goals. You know, I was at a time when people said, you know, you could have it all, right? You could have it all. And I think a lot of times what they forgot to say is you could have it all, just not all at the same time. Correctamundo. <laughs> yeah. And so really being that partner for somebody to figure out what is the time right now in your life? What is important to you? And and really getting, and this is where I think it's so important to really understand yourself. That self-awareness piece is so important. Who am I? How do I show up? as who I am, what's important to me, and then how do I align, and I'll call that, I usually say what I help people do is align their internal and external beings. Nice. So that internal of who am I and what is important to me with my external is like, what are the things I'm doing? What are the choices I'm making? When that aligns, you find fulfillment you find calmness, you find clarity. And so I love helping people really, I'll say dig into themselves to really understand who they are and what they want because we're so busy doing all the time, right? Do do we ever stop? You know, we're we're doing, 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 you know, to, to take that step back and say, oh, and then make that happen, right? To really be there to help somebody make that happen. And when things are good, I love celebrating with a with a client. Love it. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, I I my husband always says, you know, when when I come off of a good client call, he can hear my spring coming down down the stairs to get you know another cup oh, of water. Um, but also helping to really support somebody and and you know here's where my science background comes into play it's like this is an experiment you're going to try something new and as we learn in in science as we learn in experiments that you get an answer you always get an answer it may not be the answer that you want and then a lot of it is what is it telling me what is it telling me? Test and learn all the time. Uh, and I like how you're equating your scientific background to the experiment of it all. That Then that's exactly how I think of it. I, I think of yeah. it, you know, you're about to experiment. And, you know, I think that's where, you know, my, my actual writing of a thesis in chemistry taught me a lot about that. Because at one point I was like, I'm never going to graduate. None of these experience experiments are coming out. And I, and I was very lucky because my, my, um, 
my thesis advisor at that point, he just looked at me and he had a very dry sense of humor. And he just looked at me and went, so what have you learned? And it was like this gigantic light bulb that went off. And I was like, oh, you mean I can write about that? I can write about, <laughs> I can write about failure and what oh, I boy. from failure. <laughs> oh, cool. I am going to graduate, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that that's why it's so deep in me because it, it really was a, a huge learning moment for me. And, um, and I think turning, turning, turning it out of the idea of failure and into the idea of, we're just going to experiment, see what happens at the end. Makes it no lighter. pressure, no Makes pressure. Exactly. Makes it lighter. It does. Super light. So my last question of the group questions, and then I have one fun one, is what do you want your career legacy to be? I want my career legacy to be seen as somebody that inspired others to be their best, whether that was as a leader in the pharma industry or, um, and I was leader in teams, I was leader of groups, I was leader of departments, or whether that as a coach, right, to really be an inspiration for others to help them you know, be their best. And also as somebody who brings people together, relationships are very important to me. So um, really bringing people together in a way that is enjoyable, is productive in, in all of those things. And that is so, so you. <laughs> that is so you, Kara. So thank you for those questions and 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 being able to provide the answers to some of these things that we've been talking about. My last question is a real fun one. What is your favorite invention that you could not could not do without? Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> hmm. All right. Um I am going to say Shoes. Shoes. Mm, and I think a lot of people would resonate with you on that one. Absolutely. Because who, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't even think about that one. That's a good one. Well, because I'm a major flip-flop lover. Yes. In the summertime. And then, you know, for me, let's just say I have more shoes than my closet holds. And I'm I, waiting for yeah. New pair to come. So I'm a, bit, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a shoe lover as well. I think it brings out personality. <laughs> it really, really does. It comes alive. So Kara Hodes Wexler, thank you so, so much for joining us today on Career Combat. How do folks get in contact with you? Well, they can get in contact with me through LinkedIn at Kara Hodes Wexler or through my, um, my company name is Kaleidoscope holistic wellness and they can get in touch with me through my website at www.holisticwellnesswithcara.com. Awesome. Awesome indeed. So for next week, our next episode is I want to be a consultant. Now what? What do I do? <laughs> what do I do? Absolutely. So that's what we're going to be talking about. I want to say thanks to Kara for joining us today. And folks, as we close, remember 
no is a full sentence. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely a complete sentence. So make every month November. Get it? November. Okay. So thanks everybody for joining. And until next time, peace out. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Career Combat with Kelly Combat. We hope we've given you the tools to navigate your career quandaries. Until we talk again next week, have a beautiful week.